Hello and welcome to the Three Plain Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains. Talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan. Joined by my two co-hosts live, well not live, in person, from the Cat House. uh, Where we've been drinking beer, eating pizza, and a lot of candy and everything else. Uh, while we watch March Madness, because we are recording this on Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, and the second day of the first round. Uh, and I am joined today, first off, uh, Cat Dad, as I've been seeing firsthand, uh, brutally, and <laughs> current resident of the uh, of uh, uh, Three Plains Studio, what would that be, South? Yeah, sure, South, yeah. Colin. Good evening. And finally, uh, purchaser of uh, a mediocre, like, pork-based cheesesteak, so it's not really a cheesesteak, and we're not really sure what he ate, Uh, Sam. Don't knock it until you try it, though. It's pretty good. Yeah, I don't have a very good intro today because I didn't take any notes, so... uh, Dylan is happy to bash on my pork cheesesteak, but also happy to fight to the death about the KFC Double Down being a good idea. I I am excited to try one now that it's come back. Uh, I think that Sam is being a little bitch, like, you know, not also, you know, going through... Whatever, I don't know. Who hurt you? Yeah. No, that sounds delicious. It's all chicken, cheese. What part of chicken, cheese, and bacon is not amazing? All of that would be good if you had one chicken patty and you put buns around. No, these aren't chicken patties. These are like entire chicken breasts. They're chicken patties. No. And then your hands are going to be disgusting. No, it's delicious. Have you never eaten chicken with your hands, Colin? I, I, are you that much of really. a bitch boy? Are you never <laughs> eating chicken with your are you, hands? Are you telling me that it's a bone-in chicken breast? No, it's not. It's not a chicken breast. It's a chicken patty. Have you never bought boneless, skinless chicken breasts? Yeah, I haven't. That's basically a chicken patty if they're cooking. They, they don't have bones in them. They're cooking it up and making it a fucking... Yeah, they're making it... Oh, my God. What part of chicken, cheese, and bacon is not correct? KFC, get in contact with me. We need to discuss. <laughs> willing, to, willing to sponsor. We're looking for sponsors. Uh, but I don't really have much for the pregame other than we all just sat here and witnessed uh, the major upset of Fairleigh Dickinson University over number one seed Purdue. Uh, but I kind of want to jump into an abbreviated version of slow pitch, fast pitch, where we take, I, I come up with sports takes from the previous week, or in this case, the previous day, and throw them to my co-hosts to uh, react to. Um, and this today, since we're all here together, we all know what all the takes are, so, you know, a little less fun. But uh, we'll start with a slow pitch. I don't hate Tom Izzo. I think he is one of the more successful basketball coaches that I am perfectly okay with. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I think Tom Izzo, he, he's got a lot of respect to him, obviously. He's very accomplished, a lot of accolades, all of that. He, he's good for the occasional good story where... The media sees him yelling at a player a little too hard, and they try to make a fuss about it, and then the player comes out and says, no, nah, I like being coached hard. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember seeing those controversies about yeah. him from time to time. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I find a lot of, like, longtime sports personalities grading. I'm just a, kind of a natural hater, and he, he hasn't really been one of those. I, I'm able to with or sort of maintain some respect for Tom Izzo that I could not for, say, John Calipari, Mike Krzyzewski, <laughs> uh, eh, I was okay on Roy Williams. Okay, Jim Beheim wasn't a fan of him either. Fuck so yeah, Beheim. Yeah, I think Izzo definitely is in that upper tier of, of likability for a very accomplished longtime coach. He's just sort of forgettable. I mean, as being a good coach, so I mean, I forgot he was still there. I thought he was maybe a couple years removed at this point, like retiring or something. So I mean, he doesn't like they don't get too up in the rankings or anything to draw enough attention. I feel like. Yeah, they've been lately, and they just sort of sneak in at large, just fine. And you then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Every March, that is is still coaching. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. He is kind of forgettable throughout the rest of the season. But uh, Tom Izzo, he's been known as a February March guy. His teams always have momentum going into the tournament, which is what I think makes him more likable. He's not like they're not like always this juggernaut throughout the entire season, where you know you start to hate. Uh, you know your your overlords or whatever you want to call it. Now you go in you go into March. He's normally got a decent team, and he knows how to coach them in the big situations, whether it be the conference tournament or you know the March tournament. 
And, you know, they, they, they make a good run. And he does it in a way where, you know, when he gives his interviews, he's just like, yeah, I'm just out here coaching my boys to be the best they can be, and you really can't fault him for that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, slow pitch. We all love Tom Izzo. Uh, on, well, not, maybe not love. Uh, on to the fast pitch, where it's slightly a hotter take, but I came up with this during the Purdue game, so it's slightly less of a hot take now. But uh, fast pitch... I think Ryan Cockbrenner could give Zach Eady an absolute run for his money. Yeah, I, I mean... Creighton's Ryan Cockbrenner, Purdue's Zach Eady. Yeah, um, I mean, Cockbrenner also doesn't look like as... Like, he just doesn't look as clunky as Eady does. Eady just sort of looks like he's flailing every which way, like a fucking <laughs> tube monster. He doesn't, he doesn't get the uh, rebounds. He just bats him out of the way. Yeah, he's just fucking using his hands as clubs, trying to fucking launch that shit out to the three-point line. That was fucking... He's like clearing the goal. Yeah, he's Like in soccer, you're looking. clearing the goal. Looks terrifying. It looks like he's trying Soccer to... podcast. God. <laughs> just throwing windmill punches. That's how he fights. He's... He's... <laughs> I'm flailing. I'll give Zach Eady a shred of credit. He has some surprisingly good touch on like his little post hooks and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Cockbrenner could give him a good game. He's a little more well rounded. He's not quite as big, but he's small or he's big enough that he can at least kind of hold his own and not get bullied the way some guys do when, when teams have a center who's like six seven. Uh, officially, Ryan Cockbrenner seven one to Zach Eady's seven five or seven four. Yeah, seven. Yeah, I believe 7-4. Seven, 7-4, four. Seven, four, okay. Three inches, but he's a hell of a lot more athletic. Three inches goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> you would know. That's massive. Huge <laughs> <Wow. laughs> difference. Three inches is very yeah. substantial. Any women are, are listening to this. Probably. <laughs> Huge difference. Uh, but Ryan, Ryan Cockbrenner is just a much more, I think, a much more complete player. You know, we watched him shoot a couple threes today. Looked good on the outside. Looked really good on the inside, obviously, as a seven-footer. Especially when the refs are fucking saving his uh, broken looking ass. I kind of, I this would have been it wouldn't have been a good scenario to get you. They would have had to get way deep to get here, but it would have been fun to see Creighton versus Purdue, whether it was in the tournament or regular season, you know, pre pre conference or something. Just because I think these teams would have matched up really well, and yeah. you would have seen that that big battle where I, I think Ryan Cockburner would have made Zach Eady look silly because he's just so much more okay. mobile and athletic. No, not not necessarily like. I feel like he's not uh, overwhelmingly mobile, though. He probably is more mobile than Zach Eady, but, but he, he looks he's more, not a gazelle out there. But he's he, more of a normal, like, amount of movement, whereas Zach Eady's just kind of, yeah. you know, we watched him There's not a move finesse. anywhere real quick. That's fair. Now, granted, three steps, and he's halfway across the course. Yeah. But. Yeah, man, he was, he, like, that's the thing. Despite being that big and all that shit, he can't, like, take over a game, even if he's playing well. You know, he doesn't have, like, oh, man, he's so big, any little thing he does in the paint, even if it's, like, an and one or something, it's just sort of like, eh. What's weird is I think both those guys are equally important to their team, but in way different ways. Because we want to he's more important to that team than Kaufbrenner <sighs> is. I mean, I see what you mean, Dylan, in terms of, like, I do think Creighton would be fucked without Cockbrenner, uh, but Fred, I mean, You, you think they're going to do anything with Fred King? He <laughs> carried Purdue all the way to a one seed with a couple of little freshman guards who can't handle the ball and some fucking overrated streaky shooters on the wings. Like, that is fair. But I mean, I think that, that Purdue, the, the difference between Purdue with and without Edie is probably a lot bigger than Creighton with and without Cockbrenner. Because Cockbrenner's the best Cockburner player. Cockbrenner was injured. He was injured for several games this year. And you you yeah. can tell, but they, they can still want a couple of those. Yeah, well, yeah Nemhard and uh, fucking Kaluma and Shireman, even though Baylor's is still a shithead, could at least put up more honorable display than... Well, what I mean, fucking Gillis afraid to shoot and some of the other motherfuckers. The problem is they're they're guard heavy at Creighton, which is not a bad thing. But you're, I mean, goddamn, Ryan Cockburner finishes off that team. I mean, he that is just they're something else. Yeah, they with were. somebody strong in the paint. Who do they have next round? Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. Oh my, that it's going to be a something else round thirty two exit. I liked I liked that. Matchup a lot better until I watched Baylor play today. Yeah. Now I'm scared. 
Baylor's legit, man. They can get hot in those guards with Cryer, Flagler, and uh, Keontae George. There's there's nothing you can do when those guys are cooking. Yeah, well, uh, that's a good segue um, into basically our main topic. This We'll see. This may be a shorter podcast. This may be a long podcast since we're just taking this one completely off the cuff. Like I said, we are recording this on Friday, March 17th. Uh, during the last round of games, it's you know almost 10 p.m., um, last games are, I guess some of them are still in the first half, some of them are in the second half. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Like, what, what jumps out to you from, from the first round so far, Thursday and Friday? And I'm looking up my brackets just to see, you know, kind of jog my memory from yesterday and earlier today. Well, I'll take the low-hanging fruit here and say what jumps out is going to be the big upsets. And we started with, with Furman, Virginia very early Furman. in day one. Yeah. And that was that was a hell of an ending. Pretty hilarious seeing Kihei Clark go from the one extreme. <laughs> he started his career with that crazy-ass pass to hit the uh, Akite for the floater to tie the final four game against Purdue. And he ended his career with a crazy-ass pass to <laughs> Furman's white guy to give up a three and lose in the first round. You had that game, and then obviously we also ended up having a 15-seed beat a two-seed, Princeton over Arizona, and then today, even better... Purdue falling to Fairleigh Dickinson in a 1v16. So that's definitely what jumps off the page at me. If I had to say one more thing, probably Oral Roberts as a disappointment. Uh, ORU, overrated university, is still in his column earlier today. They they really let me down. I, I didn't think it was a sure thing they'd be able to beat Duke. Duke came in hot. But, I mean, ORU was, was just underwhelming as hell in that game. Completely uncompetitive. And that was pretty much, to me, pegged as like my game of the first round and not even worth the watch. So How long did they go without making a shot? Oh, God. It was like, they it was like six minutes. minutes. Six minutes for sure. That, that shit was embarrassing. Better than Iowa State. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. what Iowa State went 10, the first 10, over 10 minutes, but not quite 11. Without in the first half goal. without a field goal. And then they were like in a, like 2 for 21 to start the second half. So they pretty much put in a repeat performance of just being completely inept. They, yeah, yeah. they were chipping paint I off mean, the rim. And... They, were, they, were like, they were chipping away at that lead when they went into halftime. Because they, they scored yeah. 20-some points. I mean, they still weren't shooting well, but they finally found a way to score. Uh-huh. And then in the second half, they stalled out at 30 points. And like all of that had come from, what, free throws? Pretty much. And, and then they stalled him. out at 34 after four more free throws. They, they, that was a bad game. Yeah, it was just ugly. Like, that, I, did they put up a stupidly poor performance last year? No, they they actually. Made I think a run they had a decent year. run last year, but they I have been if, a bit of a notorious pant shitter over the years. <laughs> I feel it's like hard to pin that all. Like this is they've changed coaches a couple times, so it's kind of hard to say like them as Iowa State when it's been Hoiberg and Steve Prom shitting their pants in the postseason. Be careful what you say about Frost. <laughs> You Try know, his best. You know what he is and what he isn't. And he is not a uh, a tournament successful coach. So, yeah, Iowa State is kind of a notorious pants shitter, and they definitely uh, brought that reputation front and center today. Damn, that was a hell of a dunk by Mike Miles just now. I do want to. I do want to like shuffle shuffle around, shift gears a little bit. Um, Upsets. So you know we're on the we're still talking about upsets here. We had thought, okay, the South is going to be really chalky when we when we talked about this on on Selection Sunday, right? Um, we thought, okay, the East might you know, that's where a lot of your upsets are coming. We liked Oral Roberts, obviously that didn't pan out. Um, obviously we've seen up we've seen upsets, especially in the East, not the ones we expected. Yeah. Um, and we really weren't looking at any of them in the South. I know you guys kind of talked about Furman maybe fitting into that. I don't know if anybody. Bet I did pick Furman? one. Of, I did not. I bet, bet on, on. I bet on Furman. Respect. I did pick him in one of the two brackets that, that I filled out. Okay. Yeah. But uh, did anybody see fucking Princeton? <laughs> no. Oh, I did fuck not. no. Arizona. I had Arizona winning my bracket. Of course, I didn't see him. Because yeah. well, we said okay, Utah State's gonna. We thought Utah State's gonna come out over Missouri. I did. But oh. I, I mean, I thought it was gonna be a close game for sure. And Missouri had you know not exactly sold me completely on stuff, but. And that didn't surprise me completely. Missouri flashed being really fucking good this year too. What they was they started out um, wasn't their first loss to y'all. Yeah, they started like fourteen and zero or something. That could be wrong. They, they started really pretty good. hot. Though. They weren't playing good competition in that stretch though. But yeah, they started hot 
and they brought a respectable record all the way through conference play. So. I mean, and meanwhile, the uh, the East, with the exception of obviously Purdue, and then the games that haven't finished posting yet, the East has been straight chalk. Well, that's always disappointing. Which is, I mean, we like I said that we thought that was going to be the have the most shakeups, which it certainly <laughs> had the biggest shakeup. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it had the biggest shape. Yeah, that I had Louisiana, and they, man, they, yeah. that looked rough. That was a yeah, tough that watch. Was, that was an ugly but they one. kept it close, and then honestly, the more I was looking at the, that Kentucky Providence game, and I'm pretty sure I was I liked Kentucky prior, but they ended up. Pretty much just wire to wire. Never comfortable, but never like looking too shaky. And then, I mean, yeah, Oral Roberts was disgusting. Yeah, uh, a lot of our predictions are kind of turning out. You know, some of these things are playing out. Um, I know we had mentioned we like to shit on KU a lot. Uh, we had mentioned, you know, they don't make it past the second round because they're going to come up against a tough Arkansas team. Well, that, you know, Arkansas didn't necessarily make it look easy against Illinois, but they did have, I think, a more commanding win than the 10-point difference would would indicate. Yeah, there was not ever a whole lot of discomfort in that 10-point win. They definitely had them comfortably at arm's length. I mean, and so, I, you sweat. I mean, I, don't, I know you don't like, you're not like that anxious about it, but you, you got to be feeling a little bit of the heat against yeah. Arkansas. No, I, I respect Arkansas's roster talent. I respect their coach. I respect the athletes that they have, so... I definitely am not taking it for granted that we're going to be in the Sweet 16. I do think KU's better. I don't think that's you know a hot take to say that we're better, but certainly not infallible, and I think Arkansas is capable of giving us a hell of a game. So I we feel, just need to hope that they don't get hot from outside, and if not, I think... I feel, like feel like Arkansas has a little bit more depth to them than y'all, yeah. and they're big guys, which... Uh, we know KU struggles against uh, duos of big guys when... Uh, Who'd y'all lose Do we to? know that? USC. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah with the Mobley's. They got they got another set. They have a set Who of twins. Who KU struggles taking on two big guys at once? Yeah. <laughs> but <Not> Brady Dick. <laughs> uh, but they got the... Is it Mitchell? Or, damn, it's the twins on Arkansas. Uh, yeah, yeah the McKay big, Mitchell and uh, whoever the other one was. McKell. Is it not Baldy? Yeah, yeah, not Baldy. fucking Jordan Walsh, freaky looking ass. <laughs> Josh Dobbs, <laughs> dude, straight out of the Make a Wish Foundation. So those guys could give them trouble in the paint, and I mean Arkansas's got a decent team. I think that'll be a that'll that'll be one of the highlight games potentially tomorrow to watch. Yeah, so I'm looking at the bracket here, and I want to go over a couple games that we definitely think were as advertised. You know, we knew they were going to be good coming in, and we weren't disappointed. Uh, Maryland, West Virginia, slow start. Uh, yeah. Maryland looked like they were going to shit the bed. They were having trouble scoring in the first half, only you know towards the end of the second half. I think they went to the half maybe with a one or two point lead, or maybe tied up. Um, and they came out in the second half and really, uh, you know, close sixty seven sixty five game. But I think Maryland really just outclassed West Virginia in the second half of that game. That was a good eight nine matchup despite a slow start. Yeah, that one once. Uh... And then that seems like how it's been for a couple games where one team does come out of the gate a lot better than the other. And so they they pieced their shit together after a real slow start in West Virginia. Just shots were not falling for them as much in the second half, and it caught up to them. The, being, the Maryland bigs held down the boards pretty well, leading them through. Which is, I mean, that was, I, I had picked... I really liked West Virginia in my main bracket, even though my main bracket's the one doing worse. My secondary bracket's the one doing pretty well. I liked I liked uh, West Virginia more than Maryland, just because Maryland didn't have a lot of momentum coming out of the Big Ten. You know, people who looked around the, the Big Ten conference tourney and the end of the regular season, they weren't doing so hot. So I think they've really turned it around, and good on them for being able to do that in March and really show up. Yep. Um, I know we both knew we, we were all thinking that San Diego State Charleston was going to be a good game. I don't think we thought we we think Charleston had as much of a shot as it turned out they did. Uh, was that the one where they kind of got fucked at the end? 
Uh, I'm trying to remember. They they kind of played themselves out of that one. That was Kennesaw State today. I well, thought. but yesterday somebody got. I was. I was more Louisiana, Tennessee. I think it was more so Charleston kind of shot themselves in the foot because I remember being pissed off at their players. They're, they couldn't hit a shot. They got all these white guys who were just primed for some classic March white guy moments, and they were just chucking up terrible threes and not hitting them. It's that shit's hard. Yeah, to watch. no, they were starting four white guys that all couldn't shoot, and that is not what you expect. I bet on Charleston, if I'm not mistaken, and I know I picked them in at least one of my brackets. I thought they were a damn good. Uh, I thought they had a damn good chance to advance, and I thought San Diego State didn't even play that well to earn their way past them. But Charleston just came out there and sucked. Yeah, I uh, I had so what we had those three games. We said I had Furman money line, I had Maryland money line, and unfortunately I had Charleston money line, which thank God I didn't have Charleston spread because that was a horrid fucking beat with the. Reviewing it and calling the foul with point seven what six was the spread? five and a half and ended on yeah. the six, um, but that was you know it was just a horrible game to watch. That was a real eye gouger from both sides, just yeah. looking sort of fugly. There's been a few of those, unfortunately, but there's been good games. Yeah, uh, let's let's move. We didn't think it was going to be as close as it ended up being. I know uh, Virginia Furman is you know Sam picked him in one of his brackets, but. That was probably, you know, other than this the sixteen one upset we just watched, one of the bigger surprises in the tournament. Just how well Furman came out and played, despite you know, you look at their team makeup and they must just have a guy a lot of guys who are slightly above average to, to make, you know, a good team overall. They don't really have that kind of star power at all. Some of the, the sum or sorry, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Right. They're they're I'm pretty sure are a pretty damn good three pointing three point shooting team and when you're Sort of one of the smaller schools. That's what creates upsets is just getting hot from beyond the arc. Well, let me tell you that white forward did not look athletic at all. Uh, Heen or Hine or whatever his name looked the, like one of the most unathletic people I've seen on the court. That wasn't seven foot five or <laughs> seven foot five and one hundred and sixty pounds like Van Over. <laughs> he just knew he he's really fundamentally solid. Uh, I will say it's it's. It was one of the biggest surprises, but slowly Virginia is, is really cementing themselves with Purdue as prime candidates to blow a game to a double-digit seed every single fucking season. So at this point, I'll have a hard time calling anything a big surprise when it happens to UVA. Yeah, that was one game I had sort of circled as a toss-up. I thought, uh, I thought I, I'm pretty sure I might have had what Oral would have played them Oral. if they Oral. won, right? Um, no. Who? No, they, no, they, Oral were, they played Tennessee. Yeah, ten, so... Oh, the, yeah, sorry, that's the other 13 I had. Um, I But I had, I had I think, Virginia going on in my bracket, sort of last minute was one I had up in the air, but I was obviously confident enough to take the Furman money line and think, obviously, it wasn't a just dumb-as-fuck bet, so... I thought they could put... They were high-scoring all year, and that Virginia is notoriously a low-scoring team, more methodical, and if they got out of rhythm, it Historically might Historically bad in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> national championship run looks more looks like more of a miracle every year. Yeah, just a no, disgusting fucking title game. Um, let's see, moving on. Uh, we kind of touched on Purdue fairly Dickinson. I don't know what else there is to say about that. The sports media is going to beat that one to a pulp because of it deserves to be. Um, Duke Oral Roberts. Obviously, we were we were just shamefully disappointed in the outcome of that. Um, Duke has proven that maybe they are more of who we think they used to be rather than who we thought they were this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, that pains me to say because I still don't like them. Agreed. That's a, it's just a, I think that's a perfect case of a team getting hot at the right time where coming into the tournament they win the fucking ACC title after being sort of mediocre all year. Yeah. Honestly, they them and UNC were very neck and neck on just a fucking mediocre-ass time of the season. For most of the year, and then yeah. Duke figured it. Like Duke was getting bigger wins towards the end of the year, while UNC was just flailing and looking pitiful. See, see, I don't know from that game if Oral Roberts was just that bad yesterday, or if Duke is that good because Duke looked like world beaters, and that scares me. I think they're going to make a run, and I don't like that. Same. I, uh, I think they're going to coast past Tennessee, honestly. Yeah, I don't think Tennessee will be able to keep up with them at all. And I think part of it was just 
Like, we know it from previous years as well that Oral Roberts, like, they're three-point heavy team, and if they're not falling, they're fucked. And that's what was happening is they weren't falling at all. And it, maybe it's just one of those where you don't, like, team didn't look past them as much compared to maybe their first time when they busted out a run because people know those guys are still there and can still do damage. Uh-huh. Uh, what conference is uh, Big World? South, I believe. So that's the thing. Somebody like Vanover as a big probably works in that conference because he's got, he's got height, but he doesn't have anything else. He can shoot threes, which is good. Yeah. But like then you go up against a team like Duke where you have size and athleticism and they're all a lot stronger. He looked like he didn't belong on that court, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah Duke has two big, good big guys, so you can see where one guy's college success is actually like being big and also having some you know future talent versus just being big playing in a small conference where you know. It's irregular for you to face someone even six eleven on a regular basis, right? He they that was not a good look for Oral. Uh, let's see, Tennessee, Louisiana, very good game. We were also disappointed by the end of that one. Um, I want to say that's where the, we thought the refs got. I don't remember the ending of that one. Tennessee, I think they ended up they they were comfortably ahead most of the way. Let some of the leads slip, but I, I don't think that one really came down to the wire enough to. Have a it'd be a ref dicking. I'm poking around, poking around the rest of the bracket here, and remember what we liked. Um, Iowa Auburn uh, did turn out, I think, how we all kind of thought. You know, with kind of being an, a home game for Auburn, uh, it was a close-ish game, but it never really felt like Auburn was going to fall behind. You know, it never really felt like yeah. Iowa had any chance. Unfortunately, yeah, they would get into striking distance, but not really any closer. Yeah. Uh, Drake Miami today we were pretty I was disappointed in because I really liked this Drake team and they were doing well until late in the second half and then they kind of just pissed it all away that's where you know Miami with I'm sure a deeper bench and just more talent kind of ran away from them Um, you just couldn't keep up for the last you know 35, 35 minutes of close competition and then five minutes where you're just either gassed or you have run out of schemes, whereas Miami's still pulling out their bag of tricks. Yeah, that full-court press ended up pretty much doing it in Drake. They, they could not handle it. They couldn't break it, and when they did, they weren't converting. Right. Um, that's a classic big school, little school. We did talk about Iowa State being absolute trash. Uh, Xavier Kennesaw. That was Colin. that was disheartening, and that was a, that was a bit of a ref dicking, I thought. They, they got the worst of that. Yeah, that was the one where he knocked it out of his, hitting his arm, right? Uh And there was a lot of, in my opinion, just kind of ticky-tack calls that went Xavier's way over those last couple of minutes and and were not receiving the floor. That was was a tough one to watch because it just felt like they should have been, they were, you know, winning. They had a big lead in that game, in fact. Like, I think they got up to 11 or 13 and then it just seemed like Xavier was getting to the line a bunch on, yeah, very fucking tic-tac bullshit that wasn't remotely reciprocated on the other side. They were getting hit pretty fucking hard and just not getting a fair whistle, it seemed, down the stretch. And then I want to jump... I have a couple things to mention. Uh, I want to jump on the West. And if you if you believe this, the West has been straight chalk so far with one game remaining. Uh, TCU and Arizona State currently at halftime. Uh, That's gonna I be haven't been upset. I haven't been paying attention, but it is looking like the single upset is poorly as Arizona did to start the game. Uh, they look like they, I mean, they're gonna be up going into the second half, forty-four to thirty-seven. Um, but yeah, weirdly enough, the West straight chalk. I know we had thought, you know, maybe Iona could come up against UConn. That really never looked like it was gonna happen. I personally really liked VCU. Uh, just because what they had done to other teams in their conference and how they looked, you know, like the, you know, kind of your traditional upset team in the tournament. Uh, no, St. Mary's uh, proving that they actually might be better than Gonzaga after all. They just, I guess, they don't match up enough with Gonzaga. So. Yeah, well, they got them once. They just got their shit kicked in the other yeah. two times. So. Uh, Zags against uh, Grand Canyon were sweating it for a little while until they ran away in the second half. Um, Shoot, same thing. Kind of UConn, Iona. The first part of the first half, they were. But uh, what what else do you guys want to discuss in the first round? I have I have other topics. 
Uh, you know, nothing else really jumped out at me too much. You did mention uh, Baylor. I thought ended up looking pretty impressive today. I think they're looking at a pretty good path. Uh, potentially, they're going to end up running into Bama in the Elite Eight. I could see that being a pretty damn good matchup if and when we get there. Uh, not a whole lot else really jumping off the page at me. I'm, I'm intrigued with this FAU-Memphis game. It's still close right now in the second half. Yeah, um, so with that, let's move on to, I know not all of these games are finished, but we want to talk about our predictions going into the round of 32, beginning tomorrow. Um, So we have Alabama-Maryland. Does anybody here think Maryland has the chops to take on Alabama? I mean, obviously anything can happen. We we saw that today. I don't think they do. I think Alabama's going to... Gonna run away with that one. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's one of the like that's where Maryland will show the other side of themselves this tournament where where they struggled a lot this year against like decent teams. So man, Bama's. I mean, they're getting respected. Obviously, Bama's eight and a half point favorites tomorrow, which is pretty fucking big compared to about every other game. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I wish I would have looked up some stats for this, and we might look this. I might try to find this before the next time that we record. I don't know when that's going to be right now. Um, it seems like anytime somebody's over a ten point favorite, you should take the underdog. With, of course, maybe your exceptions are well, no, because like all the one seeds were like twenty point favorites. And I don't think any of them covered 20 points, did they? Bama might have covered. Bama covered 21 points, but I think oh, they were 22 K, okay, you covered, actually. Bama had a tragic backdoor cover on certain really? numbers. I think it's 22 got fucked on. Well, when I saw them at 22, but there were a 21-point... I mean, there was only a 21-point margin of victory. The other number one, uh, Purdue, obviously. Uh, Houston only won by 11. Uh, Jayhawks covered. Great they teams do. cover. They do. So that's that's, like... You know, it, it seems like anytime somebody was over a ten point favored, if you're better off betting the underdog with the spread. Yeah. But uh, no, we'll move on. Uh, San Diego State Furman. I think that could be one of your better second round matchups. I might be on Furman money line. I'm already going to be. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to be on it again. I would. I, I would like to take the points. <laughs> um, they're five and a half point dogs, two oh three on the money line. Got to have some conviction. I money, would take the points. Money's there to be had. I'll take the points. Uh, Creighton Baylor. Before you guys shit on me, I think that's a really good matchup. I actually do too. I mean, I I would love to see Creighton lose, and really just love to see you eat shit on Creighton. But uh, I, I agree. I think it'll be a competitive one. The problem I see for I, I think Baylor wins that one. Unfortunately. Uh, because Creighton couldn't shoot today, uh, and if they can't shoot again on Sunday, obviously that's a big problem against a Baylor team who can shoot and shoots well and the, can play defense as well as Creighton does. Uh, yeah. Who's better at shooting threes, the Baylor Bears or Baylor Shireman? Uh, Baylor Bears, <laughs> at least what correct. I saw today. Baylor Shireman in the first half of the season absolutely wins that battle. That's fair. Baylor did start, or Baylor University did start conference pretty cold, too. In a battle of the Tigers, does anybody think Princeton has a shot against Missouri? I think, yeah. I think it's hard to say they have no shot after playing Arizona and beating them. I think Arizona, obviously, is a better team than Mizzou. That said, I'm not sure I'm going to be willing to, like, bet on Princeton tomorrow. I I was kind of high on Mizzou coming into the tournament. Picked them in both brackets, bet on them in the first round. Were you also high on Mizzou on February 14th? Um, I against Auburn. I was. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, I sure was, and I did not uh, did not enjoy that evening. That's for sure. But uh, six and a half point favorites. I'll take the points. That's fair. I don't think that's. A bad, I don't think that's a bad bet. But I'm probably going to stay off it. I think Mizzou handles business. I don't know what the margin of victory will look like, but yeah, I think, I think Mizzou is the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Mizzou has a like. They're just a steel-heavy, good defensive team, which Arizona wasn't that good of a defensive team down the stretch. So I, I see that being too much for Princeton when a team can actually play good defense and wasn't averaging, like, I think it was 80th in defensive efficiency towards the end of the season is what I saw. I think it depends if we see on Mizzou. or I mean, you can say it with any team, but, like, Hot and cold. If we see hot Mizzou or cold Mizzou, yeah, they are a little bit. <laughs> they are a pretty three point heavy team as well. So, 
Uh, let's see. This game, obviously, their opponent hasn't posted yet, but you're gonna have Fairleigh Dickinson against FAU or Memphis. Uh, currently, Memphis up, but it's tight game. Could go either way. Both of these teams are much more well-rounded than Purdue was. I think where they have multiple, like FAUS, I think ten, uh, four or six, ten point contributors. Like they're just a well-rounded team, um, which is the exact opposite of what Purdue is, which is just have Edie chuck some, dish some assists, get some rebounds, and just fuck around in the paint and hope his uh, three-point shooters fucking help him. They're much more balanced, and uh, Memphis just has two really good guys on their team with uh, Kendrick and. I think it's DeAndre Williams. Yeah. So it's weird. 26-year-old DeAndre. Yeah, that was a fucking little fun fact I was not expecting. Five seniors in the starting lineup's hard to argue yeah. with come Mark. See, here, here's the weird thing about this matchup. I I like FAU to win this yet tonight, although that is slowly slipping away. But I also think that Fairleigh Dickinson has more of a chance against FAU than they do against Memphis. Oh, yeah, for sure. If they can... I mean, you know, I don't know how much of their victory was as much their being good on defense or as much Purdue's guys not showing up for shooting and helping ED space the floor. Um, we saw what was it was Mason Gillis fucking pump fake multiple open threes towards the end of the game, uh-huh. where it was just like, holy shit, he's afraid. I think even one of the announcers said he was afraid to shoot. Uh-huh, he doesn't want to shoot it. You can see it. Yeah, man, that was... That was rough. They needed someone to be willing to take those shots, and he wouldn't do it. I agree, Dylan. I think the the caliber of athletes that Memphis has, it, it would be a little bit too much for FDU. Purdue is not really built that way, and FAU is probably a little more comparable in terms of, of caliber of athlete to FDU than Memphis is. So we'll see how that one plays out, though. I think it'll be a good game no matter how it shakes out, whichever of these two teams ends up taking on FDU. Okay, uh, moving on the round of 32... 32- Duke Tennessee, I think this is a good matchup, but it sounds like we've already kind of made up our minds thinking unfortunately Duke blows past Tennessee on this one. Yeah. I'm really liking yeah, Duke to probably take care of business. Three yeah. and a half point favorites. Playing fucking probably hottest team in the in the nation. Um it's hard to I think avoid beating them. It's and Tennessee's still figuring it out, you know, without a point without their true point guard in. I think Duke's just hot at the right time. Yeah. I hate uh, to say it, but John Shire, I, I, he, he looks like he might be a legitimate coach and a legitimate heir to the throne there. I mean, you got to think you got to think Duke would, like, you got to think they knew that. I mean, you, know, yeah, pass, you, you, know, you can only know that, that so much, though. Like, you can feel yeah. good about him, but, they, I mean, you've got to see it in action, and we weren't really seeing it for the first half of this year, but he, he did – Pulled the team together really well. He had a hell of a lot of talent. It was, it's not like he inherited, you know, a mess by, by any means, but he is now starting to capitalize on that. And right? I think Tennessee is a lot like uh, Virginia, where they slow the ball down, they play good defense. I know they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Yeah. And Virginia's typically that. Maybe they haven't been as good as they typically are, but these Duke guys get a, get to play a team like that, sort of similar multiple times a year, and they just crushed them at the end of the ACC tournament. So I could see it being similar to that, where if Duke gets out to a quick lead, they're going to not look back again. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kentucky against what we have to believe right now is probably going to end up against Kansas State, being that they're up 10 points against Montana State. Yeah. Um, now, like I said, anything can still happen, but... Okay, you got to think Kentucky's probably going to end up playing Kansas State. We've seen that matchup in in recent tournaments. I like at Kentucky. least once. I like Kentucky after they they really showed that they could build on that lead against Providence. I um, think I think they can slow and steady Kansas State to a to a loss. I think the big thing for them is they are a really good rebounding team, and I know they is Case, Kentucky. Yes, sorry, yeah. and K State's a little on the small side. And they do get in foul trouble here and there pretty bad. So I could see them potentially getting in foul trouble on, uh, like, Sheboy in the paint early in that game and just yeah. sort of not be able to – they're going to be having to play from behind the whole time. 
I'm a big believer in small college point guards, though, like Marquise Noel. I think K-State, they are a little small, but, you know, they've got some size. Keontae Johnson, Naquan Tomlin, guys that can at least kind of bang with Oscar Sheway temporarily down there. Whoa, I personally, whoa, whoa, do what? <laughs> you heard me. I, I personally think that K-State will win that one. I think it'll be a good game. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I think K-State takes care of business. Dude, homeboy on Montana State has the Rex specs. <laughs> K-State's just got to be able to shoot well against Kentucky, and I think, like, shooting, for especially from range, if they're relatively well, they'll be in good shape to beat them. I don't think Kentucky's an end-all, be-all, no-doubter there, but I think the size of Kentucky will end up being important down the stretch of that game. Uh, next up I have what I think might be one of the best round of 32 matchups, where we have Michigan State taking on Marquette. I like Michigan State to win that one. We've already kind of explained... You know, that we like Tom Izzo in March. That's just, like, kind of a perennial thing. Okay, Tom Izzo's going to have a run in March. I think Marquette is probably the weakest two-seed, and while they are potentially the class of the Big East, um, we're finding out today that the Big East isn't the strongest conference around. Uh, I think uh, Michigan State has a lot more momentum after their win than Shaka Smart, who I'm not very particular of. does with uh, Marquette team. Yeah, yeah, the line seems to sort of really respect Michigan State. Michigan State's <clears throat> only plus 129 right now. Wow, really? I think I might be taking, you know, be sold on Marquette. How many points? Is it one? That's one and a half points? Three. I might end up leaving. Give me the points. <laughs> you want uh, Michigan State plus three? Yeah, give me the points. I, re- I, I think this, this game will be Marquette's last win. I I think I'll probably take them neg three. I feel like Michigan State can be it has been pretty hot and cold on the season, and maybe fading that fading those teams that are hot and cold having a good first game might be the way to go this next round. That's if they haven't if they haven't had sustained success, that's the perfect letdown spot. I think so. I might be fading a couple of those teams over the next two days. Uh, Houston-Auburn, don't, we don't need to touch on all these for too long. Houston-Auburn, uh, you think Houston just comes away with that one? I think it'll be a close game. I think there's some upset potential. We have talked about, I believe we mentioned on the last pod, uh, that that game is taking place in Birmingham. Um, it was certainly a pro-Auburn crowd against Iowa, and it's probably going to be a pro-Auburn crowd again. Houston looked very beatable against uh, Northern Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, was who they faced and was right in that game until the final couple of minutes. If they had shot a little, just a hair better from three on high volume, they could have potentially unseated Houston. Uh, I, I might be able to talk myself into betting on Auburn in that game. I'll probably regret it, but if that money line's high enough, I, I might just be able to jump on that. It's sitting at plus 208 right, 208 right now. Auburn's five and a half point favorites. Or dogs, dogs. Dogs, yeah. Tough call. Then, let's see. We have Miami against, what? What's that going to be? Indiana, probably, over Kent State. I mean, that game's actually fairly close, though. But uh, Uh, Who would be playing the winner of that game? Miami and Indiana, Mm -hmm. or Kent State. I, I... I that's just gonna be a shitty game no matter yeah, what. That's, I think. That's weak, yeah, man. I think that's the weakest game of the schedule. Like I don't think I don't Indiana meh. They've been a team that's been again another just that seems like sort of how the tournament is this year, and that's why there's not a lot of true like confidence in the upper teams. We're seeing you know saw a one and a two upset. Have we seen any threes go down? Oh shit! Oh, uh, let me look. Three, three, three. I don't believe so. Baylor won. K-State's winning. K-State is winning. Uh, um, Xavier, Xavier did uh, pull it yeah, off. Yeah, so now they're going to go for And the off. Zags pulled it off. Yeah, I, like, that's, you know, outside of that, a, a lot of this, you know, no one's felt safe. Um, outside of K, like, I mean, KU's the only number one seed that, you know, looked their part. Obama did too, I guess. Yeah. But... One lost and one didn't look that good. Uh, fucking Houston still has Sasser up in the air on how much he can play and part like contribute. Um, Auburn's a pretty decent like team in the paint, so if fucking if Houston can't get their rebounds, they could be in trouble. All right, um, let's see. 
Pittsburgh Xavier. I think Pittsburgh gave us a lot to like. Uh, Xavier did not against Kennesaw State. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of like Pitt in that. Colin, do you see the lines for that yet? Or I'm looking. That you said Pitt and Pitt, Xavier. Xavier. Be Sunday. Uh, Xavier's a five-point favorite. Ooh, write Pitt, me but down. But Pitt's only plus 175. Write me down for Pitt with the points. I'll probably end up on Pitt money line, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I, I'm excited I, for that one. Sorry to call him. I'm, I'm excited for that one. I mentioned this earlier, but it's it's got an old Big East matchup. You know, Pitt back in the day used to battle with those Big East schools. I, I'm kind of intrigued about it from that angle. And Pitt obviously is playing well right now. They were arguably undervalued to have to play in the play-in. They won, and then they won again against Iowa State comfortably. Uh, I think they have a damn good chance. Xavier obviously looked beatable. Damn near fell to Kennesaw State. Arguably were bailed out by the refs in that game. So I, I'm, I'm tempted by Pitt there for sure as well. Uh, I get I could see it either way. It's, again, sort of conflict of styles where I feel like Xavier's a little more... Uh, free flowing offense likes to run. I mean, their that their game had I feel like so many possessions. Just they were flying up and down the court. Yeah. So it's going to be their higher powered offense against Pitt, who has. I mean, they played I think a pretty low scoring game against Mississippi State, and then that was a pretty low scoring in control game they just played. So their defense. It'll be offense versus defense, I feel like, so the saving grace, and maybe if uh, Pitt can slow the ball oh, down. Oh, yes, as opposed to all those basketball games that are not offense versus defense. Hey, man, sometimes they're <laughs> offense versus offense. Hey, special teams wins championships. <laughs> yeah. But uh, where it's just more of what what do you value more, and I feel like... Xavier's dealing with a bit, you know, a bit of the benefit right now of not having Fremantle there, but... <laughs> If Pitt can put a strong, I think, a strong start out there, they'll be in good shape to maybe have a chance to win that game. Uh, Penn State, Texas. you got to like Texas in this one, right? Yes, but Penn State honestly shocked me with how damn good they looked against A&M. Part of that was a hot shooting performance from a mediocre motherfucker, though, which scares <laughs> me off of them a little bit. I was kind of bummed because I was fired up for the in-state little, uh, you know, former conference rivalry hate with with Texas versus A&M, and we don't get that now. Um, I'll certainly be rooting for the Nittany Lions. I probably will not be betting on them. Uh, We did have to look up to see what a Nittany Lion was, and it's just a mountain lion from the mountain range, which is actually just hills, basically, uh, outside of State College, Pennsylvania. Nittany Mountain. I wonder how many students they've gotten. Um... (laughs) You know, that's one where I feel like Texas will probably take care of business. I'm trying to see what that line is right now. Penn State's been in just another team that's hot at the right time. You know, they they weren't that good of a team for most of the year, but then they just solved it down the stretch playing fucking Purdue real close, um, you know, at the end of the year, which now that looks a little tainted in hindsight since the 16 seed just took care of business on them. Their head coach, uh, Micah Shrewsbury, actually was hired away from Purdue. He was a Matt Painter assistant before coming on with Penn State. I, I sort of like Texas as a five-and-a-half-point favorite on that game, which I feel like is a very stupid bet. I might I might take them as a money line parlay piece. I'm not quite sold on five-and-a-half, but I don't hate it. What do you think has the higher body count, the the mountain <laughs> lions from Mountain Nittany or the Norman train tracks? <laughs> train tracks. <laughs> oh man, you, you'd think with the homeless population growing in Norman, there'd be more on on Norman <laughs> train track. Give me train tracks. I, What's the spread? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go train tracks. Uh, is about two and a half over the last five yeah, years. Give me train tracks. <laughs> um, Kansas-Arkansas, we've talked a lot about this matchup because we all predicted it. I still would like to see Arkansas win, and I think they have a legitimate chance. Obviously, Sam would like to see KU win, they have a legitimate chance. Colin, be our tiebreaker here. KU-Arkansas, what do you uh, like? I mean, I, th- I think Arkansas might get in foul trouble early is the issue. Um, Arkansas at only plus 144 money lines, a little rough, three and a half points. But... It depends. If Arkansas, you know, rebounds well and, you know, maybe gets some second-chance points, maybe gets K.J. Adams and Jalen Wilson in foul trouble in the paint on those offensive boards or some shit, 
they could t- they could win and KU can shoot the three decently well, but there's no guarantee that it can lead them to a win. Do you think um, what's his face with the alopecia on on uh, Arkansas? If he like gets his head tilted right at the lights, can he blind? That's Kevin McCuller. It's possible. Yeah, you know Thad Mata, Ohio State's old coach, definitely used to weaponize the shininess of his bald head. Um, Jordan <laughs> Walsh, in my opinion, looks like Charlie Villanueva had a, a fetal alcohol syndrome, <laughs> illegitimate <laughs> child. Uh, so I, I'm a little scared of him, just in the sense that I wouldn't want to be in the same room as him because he would freak me out. I'm not as much scared of him to do damage to my Jayhawks. One thing I'm curious about, obviously. Everybody roots for an underdog, and that that's what you're getting in Arkansas, and probably your motivation in cheering for them as an 8 versus a 1, Dylan. But Arkansas has been to back-to-back Elite 8s. They have a, a good coach. I, I feel like they're not that much of an underdog story. You just go ahead and root for the Jayhawks, you know? Bill's no. Been, Bill's got his heart on the men. We could use this one. No. <laughs> uh, actually, in the, in the bracket of mine that's doing better, I do have Kansas moving on. So I would take that as well. All right. Um, St. Mary's UConn. That's a weird one. Yeah, that's... That's a 4-5 uh, matchup, but it's a weird one because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just St. Mary's. A, that's just, a couple good teams for a 4-5 matchup, and naturally they're waiting for KU if we get past Arkansas. I think you'd rather take on St. Mary's than UConn. I agree. Oh, for sure. I agree, but I, I don't think St. Mary's would be any pushover either. And, like, the f- physical profile almost matches up better for us against UConn, but... I think UConn's the better team, so yeah, I'd rather see St. Mary's. Let's see what we're, th- what we're obviously this game has not posted yet, but what we're seeing right now, they're still at half, I believe. Or no, they just started the second half. Sorry, five or four minutes into the second half. Uh, Arizona State looks a lot better than TCU does, um, and I like how they might match up against Gonzaga after how they played what seemed poorly until the second half of the second half. Yeah. Dude, sorry. Someone on Memphis can't walk. Uh-oh. Oh, I thought he got upset and was kicking over all the water bottles. Is that the really... Is that Kendrick Davis? I think, yeah, yeah, I think it is. their best player? Shit. Yeah, it looked like he got upset. Yeah, he, and, did he just... He, he stepped on... He landed on somebody's foot. Are you sure? Wasn't he all alone? No, the guy was right in front of him but didn't contest it that much. I guarantee he's only on his foot here. Oh, is that that didn't even look that right. bad. He'll be all right. He's gonna he's gonna walk that one. Being a little pussy about yeah. it, just having his moment. Landing space foul. Come on, yeah, he's he's fired up. He's fired the hell up about that. Um, do it for me, guys. Do it for me. Damn, dude, they're going at it in the huddle right now. Like, Get to a fight. Who's he upset with? Is he uh, trying? Is he yelling at the refs for not? Wow, dude, I don't, I don't know what the fuck this is. He was losing his shit. Lomax isn't the last name from uh, Death of a Salesman. Uh, is it Eddie Lomax? Know. Not cultured enough to know that. No. Same. Yeah, Eddie Lomax, Death of a Salesman. I read To Kill a Mockingbird, though. And then, of course, UCLA. That should have been a landing space foul. And then, of course, UCLA is going to kick the shit out of Northwestern. I think. Probably. Yeah, probably. I think Northwestern can't. It was stubborn in the Big Ten. But they're not going to know they're... what to do. Yeah, I'm happy for them. They won a tournament game for the first time in program history. Cool moment, successful. More season. than Nebraska can Every, say. Yeah, everybody's happy, and you know what? They're probably going to go out with a bit of a whimper. But who knows? I'd love to see them take out UCLA. Do us a favor. Uh, okay, let's uh, wrap up just because I don't want this one to run on forever. Um, so we are doing it in person. Um, I guess you'd have to say, okay, don't be so obvious as saying the 16-1 to 1 upset, but what's your favorite moment of the tournament so far? You can say that, but you got to be more specific if it's, you're going to mention the Purdue loss. It's got to be the, the Furman one for me, Kihei Clark turning the fucking ball over with that absolute flail of a pass. He had somebody he could have wrapped a bounce pass to with him in the backcourt who was going to be all alone. Um, pretty interesting contrast with Kihei Clark, five-year guy at UVA as a freshman he made a, a crazy passer. He he chased down a ball that was tipped into the backcourt. They were down two points in the final four. He gets the, the ball with 1.7 seconds left in, in the backcourt and makes a one-handed like slingshot pass to his teammate for a floater to tie the game at the buzzer. They end up winning that game, going on to win the national championship. And so Kihei Clark it was already basically a legend at UVA just for being involved in that play. And then he ends up 
ending his career all these years later on just a ridiculous play like that as a super experienced guy. Pretty crazy. I feel a little bad for him, but also pretty damn funny, and that was easily my favorite moment. One of the wilder finishes, honestly, in recent tournament history. Colin, what do you like? Unfortunately, like that's exactly what I was thinking, just because it was such, you know, such a fucking bad pass from someone that has, like, pedigree in the tournament. And for him to just fuck that up, which is so blatantly where he was like, there's a dude he had an easy wraparound pass on and he chose to forego it. Like, it made no sense. And I mean, watching Arizona, who, you know, is a yearly just does well in the Pac-12 and then sort of shits themselves. Of course I believed in him this year like a fucking idiot. And just to watch them really just lose the second half of that game while looking like they're in control for... 15 minutes of it was fucking hilarious just watching them melt and having seeing Courtney Ramey fucking miss an important three down the stretch while Texas is poised to make a potentially good run in the tournament. Okay. I think so far my favorite moment was just it's, it's less of a moment, more of a game. Watching Iowa State go 10 minutes without a field goal. That was atrocious. And they did. Yeah, that, that, that's just like. I don't know, it was just wild to me. It is pretty funny. I mean, it, I we were getting some legitimate laughs out of every shot that would go up and just saying, brick, and it's, then it's a big fucking brick every time. It's between that and all the Cola Guard commercials where I shit in a box. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> that was a fucking, that was pitiful showing. This game, oh, this game's actually really good too now, Memphis. Memphis FAU. TCU's coming out of the, the second half just drawing fucking foul after foul. Uh, damn, yeah, they're still right in the game. We're going to yeah. have a couple good conclusions here. Yeah. Maybe Indiana will start to shit their pants in the second half. Are we going to do Collins Captain Corner, or are we just going to wrap this one up and, wa- and watch the rest of these games? I I would say we just keep watching. They're, we're going to have to be seeing some of the lines for tomorrow to get a full idea for everything. Yeah, we can go ahead. I don't think any of us have done particularly well. I did go... <laughs> I did have, if you follow Twitter, you would see that I had four parlays where I took, you know, I did my picks in all the regions. And, you know, up to today, all of them had busted except for the West, where I had four out of eight that hit. And then I'm trying to remember who fucked me. VCU. Yeah, VCU fucked me. I had them as four-point underdogs, and they lost by, like, seven. No, more than that. Double digits. Yeah, they closed that game out horribly. Like 11 11 or 12. Yeah. So, um, that's probably the, that, you know, that game was the low point. Not even that I was paying that close attention to it. Cause it's not, that wasn't that great of a game. That's a low point for me so far. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if we even, if we didn't have to have bets, but even just your best bet, I mean, I probably, I know Sam's has to be the fairly Dickinson at plus four ten. I know mine. Live. Would. He took that live. He didn't take that ahead of time. Let's that's, be clear. Well, yeah, that, it would have been way, still a good live bet. Well, yeah, it'd been a way bigger payout if it was yeah. fucking pregame. They're like plus sixteen hundred. That would have been nice. He got a quarter of the value, but being able to actually watch some of it. Yeah, they were winning in the second half when I took that. I was like, shit. All right, nothing good for me has hit yet. I mean, I, I had Michigan State money line. I had a money line that hit yesterday on Arkansas, but uh, yeah, you you might be having a rougher time than I. Think. I am. Um, I mean, <laughs> Furman. Furman was a good one for me at plus two hundred. Same with Maryland. But there's been definitely just some letdowns here and there. Fucking my teaser today where I had UCSB fucking plus 17 and a half. And they, got, <laughs> they, they were winning at halftime. That yeah, that one too. was looking like an easy, easy clear. Yeah, plus 17 and a half. And, of course, they could just get boat raced in the second half. And I am just looking like a dumb bitch for it. <laughs> because, of course, the other two legs hit easily, too. Uh, what, Marquette neg three and a half, Yukon neg two? High noon seltzers, confirmed dumb bitch juice. <laughs> but delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, uh, you'll hear about how we kind of close out these this first weekend of March Madness on a, on a future episode here. Does anybody have any last words before I think we're ready to wrap this one up tonight? Uh... I got, I got not a whole lot other than I'm excited to see the Jayhawks tomorrow. And, and officially, if we can pull two more Ws, Put this to bed. then yeah, <laughs> we are an Elite Eight quality team. And we're going to have to earn it. Arkansas and like UConn or St. Mary's, that's a tough road. Yeah. Colin? Go, we'll see. Ooh, fuck, yeah, go Arkansas. 
Okay. Woo Pig Suey. I'll do it for him. There we go. One more opportunity to say fuck Fran McCaffrey and his staring ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck Baylor Shireman. Yeah. No, no, I bet you'd like to. He's a very good looking man. No, he's not. Very handsome man. I don't know. <laughs> he isn't. Yeah, he's fine looking. No, no, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and that'll wrap up our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Uh, be sure to check us out. Uh, continue checking out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from for future episodes. Uh, follow us on Twitter to watch our uh, uh, gam- I don't have my cheat sheet here. Uh, my our gambling adventures and spreadsheet. Um, that's that's at three planes SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B. And uh, remember. Big winners never quit, and quitters never win big. We're out of here.